I have been listening to Audible for years. It just started with a free trial and my favorite Ellen Hildebrand book. And then once I realized how much I could accomplish in a day, like cooking for the kids, cleaning, organizing the house, you name it, um, while being entertained, I was hooked. It has all of my favorite fiction books, but it also has our favorite books on natural birth like Mindful Hypnobirthing, Birth Without Fear, Birthing From Within, Natural Childbirth, The Bradley Way, just to name a few. If you use my link, you can get 30 days free of Audible. Just go to audibletrial.com slash birthnaturally. And I suggest starting with Ina May's Guide to Childbirth if you haven't already, because that is a listener favorite. So once again, just go to audibletrial.com slash birthnaturally for 30 days free. Welcome to Birth Naturally. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Kate. And we are sisters having a conversation about everything from med-free birth to natural parenting. Hello to my subscribers. Thank you so much for subscribing. I'm so excited. Today is going to be a really great episode. I'm chatting with Angela. She works with Rochelle at Happy Birthing. We just recently talked to Rochelle um, just a couple episodes ago, but we wanted to have Angela on to answer more of the so many questions that I got on Instagram about natural birth. So we thought we'd bring her on and see if she could help us out. So she was such a great resource. It was so thorough with the questions that I asked. She gave so many good tips and just wonderful advice. I actually learned a lot in this episode. So be sure to follow Angela on Instagram, Angela underscore happybirthing.az and also follow Birth Naturally on Instagram at Birth Naturally. And don't forget to give the podcast a five-star rating and review wherever you listen. And we're just going to jump right in. Enjoy. Hi, Angela. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me on here. Yeah, I'm so excited. So do you want to start by just introducing yourself, what you do, and a little about your family? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Angela. I am a birth doula. I am a mother of three amazing girls. Um, We have an almost nine-year-old, four-year-old, and a three-month-old at home with us. Um, so I'm a certified birth doula in Arizona. I also do birth photography videos, um, which I absolutely love. That was something that I started to add my doula services during COVID when, uh, families kind of got shut out from the birth process, especially in the hospitals. Um, I think it was the first client that I had post COVID or like during the pandemic whose family couldn't be there that she was like, can you just take pictures when you're there too, as my doula? Um, and I had a nice camera at home that I had never really played around with. And I was like, yeah, Mm -hmm. you know what? That sounds really fun. And I did it and I absolutely fell in love with that. Wow. That's so Um, cool. I love capturing the magic of birth. Yeah. Yeah. So I work in Arizona, um, also do placenta encapsulation, kind of just all things birth. Um, I work for an amazing company called happy birthing. It's a team of doulas, um, birth educators. We specialize in hypnobirthing. Um, and we just support an amazing community of families out there. Wow, that's awesome. Oh my gosh, that's so cool that you were able to just be like, all right, let's uh, pick up this camera and see what we can do with it. <laughs> yes, it's come a long way since the beginning, um, but it's, there's just so many like intimate moments in it. Oh my um, gosh, yeah, I can't, I can't imagine. Like there's so many um, 
photographs out there like I know people send them to us like that photographers have taken of their birth and you can just like feel how they feel like it's so powerful these oh, images yeah. oh my gosh I love I love seeing you know I love seeing um birth photos but that's so cool that you're able to do both I mean all those well not both all of those things um but that must keep you very busy it absolutely does, especially with three little ones running around. Too. I'm sure. Oh my gosh. And the three month old. <laughs> yep. It's just some of that work though. That's so rewarding. It's always worth it in the end. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So I wanted to have you on here because um, I had asked a question on Instagram about, you know, what our listeners wanted to know about natural birth. And it turns out there's a lot of things they want to know. And I thought that you would be very helpful in, you know, answering some of those questions with all of your experience. So yeah, I think we'll just, you know, jump into it and, uh, and see how we can help them. Cause, cause yeah, it's, you know, going into a natural birth can be a little intimidating if you've never done it before. And even oh, if you yeah. have done it before. Absolutely. Yeah, there's so much there's so much information out there and there's so much to learn. Oh yeah, definitely. There is. There's so much info out there and it changes all the time. It's like new studies come out, um, which even as like a doula, right? Like a huge part of it is staying up to date on evidence-based education and making sure that families are aware of what's out there. Right. Yeah. And sometimes it can be intimidating, like knowing what website to start with, what, where, you know, where to go. And so, so yeah, I think this could be helpful um, for people to listen to. So um, here is the first question, ways to manage pain without a support person. Um, they're a single mom due in August. Um, and they mentioned other than the comb trick. So they've heard that one before. Yeah, um, I know that one is super popular and like, apparently it's very helpful. I wish I knew it before my home birth, but I did not. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So those who don't know what the comb trick is, um, that's using a wooden comb and just kind of squeezing onto it. There is something called the control gate theory, which is the idea, right? That our brain can only process so much stimulation um, so if you're kind of distracting your mind by squeezing on to that comb, you're distracting your mind from that intensity and the feeling that you're feeling in your uterus during labor, mm -hmm. um, which is a great tool. I have some moms who absolutely love it. And it's like their security blanket during labor, right? Mm -hmm. Like they have it in their hand and they do not put it down until the end. Um, <laughs> did but you are, use this? Did you use it? I did during my last birth. Um, I had my combs right by me and it was helpful. It was. Definitely. Okay, um, but there are so many other ways other mm -hmm. than the comb, thankfully, <laughs> uh, because sometimes it just doesn't work for moms too, right? So having yeah. options is always great. Um, but honestly, starting out, I would say like any sort of pain management starts with preparing beforehand mentally. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in birth, there's something that we call the fear tension pain cycle, which is that idea, right? If you picture this triangle, each corner has one of these things, right? Fear, which leads to tension, which leads to more pain. Um, we want to avoid that cycle in labor the best that we can, right? So by doing that, we want to like be aware that labor is intense, but mentally prepare for it beforehand, right? Because if you're not afraid of this intensity that you're feeling and you're staying calm in this relaxed atmosphere, um, then we avoid becoming fearful of what we're feeling, right? Um, mm -hmm. When we do become fearful, we have this response is like natural flight or 
um, fight response, right? When our body starts producing this adrenaline and in that naturally it starts sending oxygen to our limbs to respond, right? To our legs, our arms, it moves away from our uterus, um, which causes less oxygen to flow there, which makes those surges become more intense. Um, Mm -hmm. And just a heads up, when I do say surges, again, with this hypnobirthing background, that's what we call contractions in hypnobirthing. Um, Mm -hmm. So naturally comes, I say surges, but I do mean contractions when I say it. Um, But yeah, so that oxygen moves away from the uterus and it causes this more intense feeling with the surges, Mm -hmm. um, which again, causes that fear, like, okay, why is this becoming more intense? And then you hold on to that tension because you're afraid of it. And it causes it to become more painful. And the cycle just keeps going. So mentally preparing to step out of that cycle beforehand, doing things like meditation, practicing your breathing beforehand, they really do help set you up for managing that pain during labor. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that, yeah, it, it is about like, I was saying this to someone recently, like you have nine months to prepare and you should take that time beforehand to just get in a good headspace and get to that point where you know, that fear is just in the background. It's not like at the forefront of your mind that you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm so scared about labor. Like, but, but it, it takes, you know, it takes time and practicing is, is, you know, it's so important. Absolutely. And there are other tools out there too. Um, You know, as doulas, we bring this giant bag full of tools. We call it our toolbox. And we all Mm -hmm. say we love having more than what we need, (laughs) right? Than not enough. Right. Um, but there are tools that um, other women can look into, things like a birth sling. Um, there's TENS units, which are great. Moms can use them themselves. Um, they use those little electrodes that you put on your back. Um, mm-hmm. And it kind of uses that same control gate theory as the wooden combs, that it stimulates um, your body in other areas to distract your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that might be super helpful because she said she doesn't have a support person. So yeah. Um, yeah. That might be a good idea. I mean, and I would say if you don't have someone there supporting you, well, for one, obviously you can hire a doula, <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but if that's not in the cards, then I mean, talk to your midwife. Cause like midwives are so helpful and they can, I mean, mine did mine provided me with help, like during my labor for sure with counter pressure and all of that. And just, you know, doing what I needed in that moment. And so, yeah, I mean, definitely talk to your midwife. Oh yeah, absolutely. And like, no matter if you're at home or even if you're at the hospital and your provider's not there with you the whole time, the nurses are in there, mm-hmm. find a place where the nurses are willing to help out. You know, if yeah. your provider, ask your provider beforehand, are they willing to be hands-on? If they're not, they're probably not the right provider that you want to have on your team. Yeah, that's so you. true. Yeah, yeah, you need someone, especially, yeah, if 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 you're on your own there, you need someone who, you know, will be there for you. And um, yeah, it's just about finding the right person. Definitely. Um, and even those who do have partners there, right, and support there, sometimes partners aren't very familiar with birth or how to help support a laboring woman, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you still do need options and tools and to practice that stuff beforehand. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, this question is what questions do I need to ask a hospital to gauge how receptive they are to natural birth? Yeah, no, that's really great because even like where we work, um, in the East Valley of Phoenix, there's so many options for locations, Mm -hmm. um, and they are all very different. And that's something that we really try and stress to clients too. And to moms is 
like where you birth is important, where you choose to birth, um, because not all hospitals, not all training of staff is the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is totally fine, right? Just some locations see a lot of births one way, right? Um, and then there's other locations that are familiar with people who are trying to go on Medicaid and have these natural births. So their staff's going to be better equipped for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, like first place, I would say would be to turn if there's any sort of birth community in your area. Um, you know, if there's a Facebook group, uh, reach out there and try and like gauge people's opinion on the hospitals that they've had experiences at. Yeah. Um, that's a great place to start. And then knowing like going into it, that there's two different parts to it. Like you said, right. Like there's the provider that you can speak to, and then there's the actual hospital itself. And both of those are important. Mm-hmm. Um, your provider typically isn't there the entire time. They're popping in maybe once or twice, and then they're there when you're birthing baby. Um, so really important to be familiar with how the hospital seeps birth, right? And mm-hmm. how they train their staff, the nurses there. Um, you know, you can ask your provider how often your provider supports a physiological birth. Is it something that they see often mm-hmm. um, or not? If it is something that they see often, I mean, you can even ask them how often, right? Yeah. Um, that's going to be a huge indicator on how well equipped and trained and used to it they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if they're not seeing physiological births a lot, they're seeing these medicalized births or high risk births that become a lot more of a stressful environment for them, then they're more inclined to view birth in that way. Um, so definitely ask them about how often they see it. Um, yeah you know, you can ask, see the hospital themselves. Do they have any midwife groups that work out of there? There's what we call certified nurse midwives. Um, they would be the ones that work out of a hospital. If there are groups that are there, you know, that's hopefully that's a sign that the hospital is open to having um, more than just the typical OB model of care. Um, and then some other things would be training of the nurses, right? What options do they have? What training do they have? Are they familiar with things like spinning babies? Um, Options as far as something like monitoring baby. Do they require you to be on electric fetal monitors continuously? Do they have other options like Dopplers to use? Um, Honestly, like of all those birth preference choices that you have, the monitoring is one that we really think is important, plays a big role in impacting your birth during labor. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be a big one to look out for. Um, other things like tubs, do they have tubs? Do they allow you to labor in the water, showers, um, things of that nature? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, those are all great points. So um, this is one that I feel like people ask a lot about home birth and it's, do they need to have a backup plan like a hospital if something goes wrong? So I think that's like such a big thing with home birth is like people are always fearful that something's going to go wrong. So what do you think about, you know, if it, it, do you think it's important to have a backup plan? Yeah. Um, so that's a great question. And it, to like how it was worded, if something goes wrong, sometimes people transfer when nothing's going wrong at all. Right. Mm-hmm. There's so many different reasons. Um, and you're right. People do have this fear of like, okay, what if something really bad goes wrong? Mm-hmm. Right. But a lot of times those transfers aren't this emergency situation. There's stuff going on beforehand. Um, 
I personally do think it's great to have at least one conversation, like take five minutes, right? Talk to your partner, talk to your birth team and just be like, hey, if I need a transfer, what does that look like? Which hospital am I going to? If you want to have a say in it, right? Like, you know, I, I do know that this hospital in our area is more friendly to natural birth, right? So I would like to transfer there if mm-hmm. needed. Um, what that would look like, especially if you have other kids at home, because there'd be more moving parts to it, right? Okay, if, yeah. if we had a transfer, who, where would our kids go? Are they coming with us? Um, do we have to have someone there watch for them, to watch them? Um, and just take five minutes, write it down, put it in a drawer, don't think about it again. Mm-hmm. You definitely don't need to make like a full out written birth plan. Like you, I suggest you would if you were going into the hospital to begin with, um, because you don't want to focus your attention to it, right? Yeah. Um, I definitely believe in that saying that you bring about what you think about mm-hmm. um, So focus your attention truly on planning this beautiful birth that you're envisioning at home, but do take just a little bit of time, one time to go over it. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, like that's why having a doula is great too, because in the case that you need to transfer, you have someone there that's on your team. Your doula yeah. should be transferring with you if it's needed and they help you. They're there to support you to facilitate those conversations, right? That you're having in the hospital that you'd be having with a new provider. Um, even like oftentimes if we're transferring, right? Like we'll go with clients to the hospital um, in their car with them to help them stay calm, to help that whole transfer smooth out a little bit more. Oh yeah, that's so helpful. I mean, well, for one, I should say like, I know that, I mean, I think that hospital transfers don't happen very often. At least that's what my midwife said when I brought it up to her when I was having my home birth. She's like, they're very rare. You know, they don't happen often. And I think people just assume that, I don't know. I I think people just think that they're more common than they are. Maybe Mm -hmm. because you hear those like scary stories more often than the great stories. Like we all hear all the time. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, they don't happen often, but like you said, having a doula there with you, um, it just provides that like comfort, I'm sure in a time that, you know, it's when things aren't going your way. Um, it just seems like that would provide such a comfort to have someone there with you that knows and, you know, knows what's going on. Yeah. And those transfers that we do see, right. It's often not those emergent situations, right. Mm -hmm. A lot of times the transfers that we see are women who are laboring, right. Oftentimes it's long labors yeah, um, and things are getting intense and they just, they need something else that can't be provided. Right. But Mm -hmm. something like an epidural and they're like, Hey, I've been going at this for 24 hours. I need sleep. My body just isn't working to its full potential because your body's tired, right? Like your uterus is a muscle it's mm-hmm. been working super hard and it just needs a break for a little while. Yeah. Um, so yeah. a lot of times if there are transfers, that's the most common reason why women are choosing to transfer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Sometimes you're just like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> yep. Don't want to do this anymore. Um, okay. So I guess we, we did kind of talk about this, but you know, fear during birth is is such a huge thing and I mean I know you did like touch on that before but so if you're in labor and you know things aren't going quite right and you start to panic Mm -hmm. is there anything specific that you can do at that time um you know to get back on track yeah yeah um I would say the biggest thing is just turning to your team 
right? Like yeah. having that partner there that knows you inside and out. If you do have mm-hmm. someone or a team that you fully rely on and trust, you know, that's why choosing that birth team beforehand is so important that aligns with you and your vision. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as a doula, there are moments that we have of reeling moms in, you know, mm-hmm. biggest thing being encouraging words, right. And just being able to see mom beforehand to know like, okay, she's showing signs of getting to that breaking point um, and doing whatever it needs to, to help reel in. Right. Um, So really just in that moment of fear, just listening to those around you and trusting what they're Mm -hmm. telling you. Right. Because we, as women in labor, we get into this zone um, and we can be like fully in it, fully focused. And one thing happens. Right. And it doesn't have to be this moment all of a sudden our brain just switches right Mm -hmm. hey wait what am I feeling right now (laughs) like this is yeah yeah. it hits you right like this is a lot that I'm feeling right now um Mm -hmm. and all of these emotions can go through you so quickly Mm -hmm. Um, but really like focus on baby too that's a huge thing really try and be in tune with your body Mm -hmm. baby is a passenger like you two are in it together envision baby envision where they are um, you know, really try and go internally at that point would be my yeah. suggestion. Yeah, that's a good point too. Um, I definitely, I mean, I feel like a lot of people, especially with the long labor, have that panic moment because you know, your birth is never gonna go exactly how you plan for it to go. It's just not. <laughs> but um, but I had that panic moment and I was like, I, I can't do this. And it was because I just wasn't progressing. Like I thought it was way further along than I was. And that's always like, that's not, that's not a fun thing to learn, but I was like, there's no way, there's no way I can do this. It's 12 hours into labor. And I'm like three centimeters dilated. And, um, and I did what you said, like, I, you know, my sister was there, my husband was there and they're like, "You're, you're good. You got this. Like my midwives actually left to go get coffee like left me alone with my people and they they got me through it that just listening to them and and knowing that you know this baby was going to come out one way or another it was so helpful oh yeah it's it really is to hear those voices especially with Mm -hmm. people that you trust and you're right Mm -hmm. most people do get to that point right that's transition in labor Mm -hmm. you know when you're that oh yeah centimeters that's when a lot of people hit that panic and fear. And that's just oh, a yeah. natural reaction to the intensity that you're feeling. Right. Like me personally, in my last one, um, I'd had at home, it was a very quick birth, but two, like you're in it and it becomes intense. And I remember feeling like, there's no way I can do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no yeah. way I can birth this baby. <laughs> and I just like remember mentally telling myself, well, you're here. You're doing, yeah. it. Like, yeah. you're doing it, right? And that's mm-hmm. one of my favorite things too as a doula when mom's like out loud say, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Number one response is you are doing it. Right. Like, you're yeah. in it. You've you've made it this far. You're in it right now. Like see it out to the end. Um, yeah. Because yeah. I promise you, like you'll make it through. Yeah. The baby is coming. <laughs> the baby will come. Yeah. And um, I think that's important to remember, like, you know it's, it's, yes, it's tough. It's hard work, but the baby is going to come out in the end. And, um, yeah, transition is, is such a, like everybody like worries, how am I going to handle it? But being like, just in your own mind and just trusting your body is so important. I know it sounds like so cliche 
to just be like, trust your body. But like, that's what you have to do during transition to get through that. You just have to trust and, and just, you just have to get through that. And then it's much better. But, but yeah, I remember feeling like, oh my, like, part of me, my mind was like, oh my gosh, like, this is, this is tough. (laughs) This is intense. But staying with breathing and making noise and all that, um, and not, you know, letting my heart rate get up and getting all panicky was, was the only way that I got through that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, okay. So someone says that they're an hour away from the hospital and they want to labor at home as long as possible. Any tips for labor in the car? Yeah. Um, laboring in the car, set yourself up for it. Mentally prepare again beforehand (laughs) because in all honesty, the ride's typically not fun, especially if you're waiting um, as long as you can. Ideally, you're in that active labor phase at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so bring tools that you can use, right? Like close your eyes, put on a sleep mask if you need to. Uh, headphones are great. Sound blocking headphones. Those wooden combs are a great mm-hmm. tool. It just gives you something to anchor down to while you're driving, right? Mm-hmm. Um so you're not squeezing your husband's arm super hard while he's driving and you're telling him <laughs> to hurry up. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, have like have water nearby. You want to continue to drink water during labor. So make sure you have that water with you in the car. Um, you can set it up beforehand, put a towel down mm-hmm. in the car. Um, but really just use that time to go internally. You know, yeah. focus again on your breathing, focus on baby um, and what you're feeling don't be fully aware of what's going on around you. Yeah. And I guess just trying to find like a somewhat comfortable position. Cause I know like sitting in the seat on, on your butt is probably not the best, <laughs> the best and most comfortable position, but um, yeah, I yeah. mean, it's not, it's not gonna be fun, but um, absolutely. Even if you have to go like backseat hands and knees, <laughs> yes. Or yes. whatever kind of car you have, if you're in the trunk space, hands and knees, whatever you need to, to be comfortable. Yeah. I feel like that would be a better option <laughs> for sure. But I've never had to, like, I never waited long enough. So I never had to do that really uncomfortable car ride. I was just like, you know, smooth sailing in the car, getting to the hospital, like you're two centimeters. <laughs> That's a theme for me. Thinking I'm further along than I am. <laughs> With our second, we um we had a unmedicated birth at the hospital, but I remember I was um seven centimeters at the time, and I felt every single bump in the car. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Like, you need to stop hitting the bumps in, on the road right now. <laughs> you just need to drive it smooth. <laughs> He's like, I'm trying. Yep. <laughs> I'm doing the best I can here. And we only lived like five minutes from the hospital. <laughs> oh man. I mean, our poor husbands. <laughs> yep. They're in it with us. I know. Go through it too. <laughs> there is one more and it's, it is similar to what we've heard before. It's, I mean, I feel like this is like a, one of the most asked questions and how do I work through the fear of home birth? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I know you mentioned, you know, the hypnobirthing. Um, is that something that you, you know, typically recommend to, you know, for a home birth? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, for mm-hmm. anyone, honestly, um, hypnobirthing is for everyone. You know, classes that we teach as a team, they're fully comprehensive birth classes. Um, and then that aspect of hypnobirthing is really training your mind 
to prepare. And one of the meditations that we have in it is a fear release, um, which I personally did this last pregnancy. Um, you know, personally, I was planning a home birth um, at 30 weeks. My baby was transverse and I knew like I had 10 more weeks ish, right? Like plenty of time for baby to move transverse. That's only half a circle to move. But I did, I carried that fear with me and it hit me way harder than I expected it to. Um, so I did these fear releases and I remember just like fully envisioning baby turning. And I knew it, like in my mind, I was like, I accept this. I accept this fear. I accept that baby's turning. And by my next appointment, baby was head down. Yeah. Um, but definitely if you do have a fear of home birth and you're acknowledging that and you're wanting to plan a home birth, um, just really take time to acknowledge what you're feeling, right? Like know that where you're choosing to birth really, really impacts how you labor and birth. Um, so choose a place that you feel safest, mm-hmm. right? If you're like feeling this pressure to be at home or feeling pressure to be at the hospital, like shut out all that extra noise on the outside and really think where you feel safest and what matters most to you. Um, that is such a good point because if you have a fear of home birth, then maybe it's not the right option for you, you know? Definitely yeah. because like that mental state in labor is so important. Mm-hmm. And if you're already acknowledging, like you said, like in the forefront, this fear, it probably is going to impact your labor, mm-hmm. right? Um, and if you're just choosing to do home, even though you're afraid of it, like it might not be successful for you in that state. You need to overcome that beforehand, um, which is why like, fear release meditations, talking about your fears, right? Talking to someone about it, um, talking to your provider, talking to your partner, really trying to find where that fear is stemming from, right? Like, is it this past experience that you had? Is it stories that people have told you? So, you know, what our culture sees, right? Like really figuring out where that's stemming from. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. And even if you have to like walk through scenarios, right? Like talk about, okay, I'm afraid of this happening, right? Well, how often does it happen? Why does it happen? Are there options that you choose that increase risk for that happening, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And just discuss like playing out, okay, well, if that happens at home, what does it look like? If it happens at a birth center, what does it look like? If it happens at a hospital, what does it look like, right? And just really ease your mind of like, okay, like I'm okay Mm -hmm. with that happening here, right? Like it's yeah. really not as big as what I'm making it out to be in my mind. Um, and with your provider, like how do they handle each of those situations and making sure that you're feeling comfortable um, addressing those beforehand, definitely. Yeah. I mean, if you've never seen a midwife, then like you, they will take the time to address those fears with you. Like, you know, people who have only seen OB probably can't even picture what that looks like. A midwife will take the time to sit with you. And it's not a five minute appointment. It could be, you know, half hour, an hour long appointment. And they will take the time to answer these questions for you. So you don't have to be, you know, afraid of, of asking like you should. Absolutely. And if your provider is not like creating that space for you and answering those run out of the office. Yeah. <laughs> Go find Truly, it's never too late to find someone else because there are oh my gosh. providers yeah. out there who will listen and will help you through it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I used different providers with each of my three children mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, my, I had a midwife with my second and 
it just it was fine. It just wasn't, I wanted to see what else was out there. And then with my third, I went to um, a midwife that was like, everyone recommended her. And I just was like, why well, I'm not clicking with her. And I didn't end up changing till I was 25 weeks. And when I found this new midwife, I was like, okay, now this is the right fit. Like, and, and you know, you can change whenever you want. And, um, and it, it's, it's like night and day when you find that right person who you just click with and, oh. and it's important to find that. It absolutely is. Yeah. I definitely agree. And I was, I had that similar experience, right? Like I had an OB with my first, um, second, I did in hospital with the midwife and I transferred to them out of the OB care, I think at 31 weeks. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Yep. And at that point, like that's really when I like dove into all things natural birth and Mm -hmm. just get so involved in it. Cause it's like, it is normal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're like, what birth is and like, can look like and for some reason we're not told this or we're not familiar with it in our culture um and all of a sudden you realize there's so much support out there and people who um will help you through it and and then with our third we ended up doing a home birth and we had amazing care from our midwives at emergence um midwifery and their care was just outstanding um Mm -hmm. you know just night and day difference from where we were with our first and what they do for the community too it's just something that i wish all women could experience um having that provider who sees birth as it is and Mm -hmm. then supporting you no matter what you choose right right yeah Um, but if we take birth away from everything added to it and just take it in its raw form and really understand what that looks like that helps set us up for whatever plan or however our birth unfolds Mm -hmm. Um, it helps prepare us for it no matter what turn it takes. Yeah, for sure. Oh my gosh. The, I love all your answers. Like, <laughs> thank I you. really think, I really think that this is going to be so helpful for, you know, people struggling because it's so normal. The, these are such normal questions. Like we've heard yes. them all before, but, but like we felt them too, you know? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Like, and hearing these answers over and over again, is it, it's going to be helpful and it's you're, it's going to reassure these people these women that you know have this fear it, it's going to help you know get them set up for the birth that they want yeah absolutely and you know first time moms go through it third mm-hmm. fourth fifth yep. time moms go through it even if they've done unmedicated natural births before you still each time face it again um yeah and honestly like of everything that I could say to mom, my biggest thing is always just surrender, right? Mm-hmm. Like mentally prepare. And just when you're in that labor, when you're in that mental state, just surrender to what yep. you're feeling. Take it yep. all in, take it just the moment that you're in. Don't worry about how far you've come, like how far you still have ahead of you because we don't know, right? Um, mm-hmm. Just surrender to where you are in that Yeah. Moment. Yeah, and it, and it, it sounds like such a small thing. Like, it's like, okay. Like if you've never had, uh, if you've never given birth, you're like, okay, really? Like, does that, but once you have, you're like that, just that one word is so important to your whole labor, really your whole, your whole life as a mother, (laughs) right? Motherhood. (laughs) Yes. Motherhood as a whole, just to it. Yeah. But it is like, 
that one word, like just keep it in your mind, just keep it in your mind because you're going to need it. <laughs> yes. And, and it really, it, it's, it actually really ends up being super helpful. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing some of your knowledge with us. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me on here. It was great talking to you. Yeah. And also, why don't you um, tell listeners where they can find you on Instagram or wherever? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm on Instagram. My handle is Angela underscore happy birthing dot AZ. Um, you can reach out if you have any other additional questions. I'm always happy to help answer questions awesome. and guide moms through their journeys, um, no matter what it looks like. Great. Thank you so much. Well, we'll all link um to your Instagram so it's easy to to find you in the show notes. But yeah, thank you so much again. It was really fun talking to you. Absolutely. It was great talking to you. All right. Thanks. Take care. They say giving birth is equivalent to running a marathon, but what about being pregnant and building a company from scratch while taking on the multivitamin aisle? That is the story of Ritual's founder, Kat Schneider, who started Ritual because she couldn't find a prenatal she could trust. So I just started recently taking the Essential for Women multivitamin, and it's been great so far. They are super gentle on my stomach. I can even take them without food, which is just very convenient. And yeah, it's great because I just want to fill some gaps in my diet and I feel like this is exactly what I need. They're also great tasting. Like the, the Essential for Women multivitamins have like this minty taste. So I'm so not used to that. I'm used to that like not so great aftertaste. So that's been awesome as well. So although I am not pregnant, Ritual has a prenatal that you can trust. They are made with traceable ingredients. You can literally look at a map and see where all the ingredients have come from, which is super cool. And you better believe I checked that out and I loved it. And all of the ingredients are vegan, bioavailable, and clinically studied key nutrients for before and during pregnancy. They're also non-GMO project verified, gluten, and major allergen free. So why settle for a multivitamin you're not 100% sure about? Ritual was literally built on trust, so you know it's the real deal. Ritual is offering my listeners 30% off during their first month. Visit ritual.com slash birth naturally to start ritual or add essential for women prenatal to your subscription today.